0: This episode was recorded during the dual WGA and SAG-AFTRA strike. As fans and content creators, we stand in solidarity with the creatives currently on strike. There is power in a union. I'm JP Tuesday.
1: And I'm Kiki Cannon. As lifelong Disney fans, the work of countless talented Disney creatives have shaped our lives.
0: Now, as the Disney catalog fans we're taking a journey through film and television to discover if that spark that shaped as its children lives on in adulthood.
1: Does your favorite Disney media still cast that same spell? Join us as we find out. We are
0: Rewatching the, the, magic.
1: the Magic. Hi, Kiki. Hi, Tuesday. Uh, before
0: we get going, uh, a little bit of a announcement. Uh, we are now on Instagram, and... Yes, we've 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 all gone in on Meta, and we are also on Threads. Search for us at rewatching the magic. All right, so yeah, so if you are on Instagram and Threads, search us out on that and add us. Uh, yeah, add us. So let's move on to today's feature: Adventures in Babysitting, a movie that I saw many times growing up. So much so that I'm fully aware of how much they edited out of the Disney Plus version. Why do we get an edited movie on the Disney Plus when we get the full blood and swearing of something like Deadpool or the Netflix series? We get, like, uh, Chris Hemsworth bare butt in, in Thor love and thunder with no censoring but but god forbid elizabeth shoe says the f word
1: yeah it was really weird to turn on the film and see this has been edited
0: and it's not the only one i mean splash i think i think that is also still edited uh especially the scene where daryl hannah walks out of the water, naked, and they kind of CGI hair over her butt. Yeah. Said, you can see Chris Hemsworth's butt. Can't see Daryl Handa's butt.
1: I I think equal
0: butts for all. Equal butts for all. Rewatching the Magic says equal butts for all. <laughs> Free the butt. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I saw this movie as a kid several times over, and there are a number of swears and slurs that were edited out of this feature. I I don't get it. I don't. I mean. Considering what else is on this, on this service. I don't get it. If someone can explain it to me. Great. But I don't get it. Uh, now, Disney did remake this movie as one of their Disney Channel original movies in 2016. I have not seen that movie. We are not discussing that movie. We are discussing the original 1987 Touchstone Pictures Adventures in Babysitting. And I stress that it is a Touchstone film because that's kind of the reason Disney created Touchstone Pictures to make the movies that didn't really interfere with their brand, which does involve things like swearing. And some nudity, because a main plot point of this movie is a Playboy magazine.
1: Which has also been edited in this copy on Disney+. Plus. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm not exactly hopping at the bit to see Elizabeth Shue's boobs, but, and she doesn't really show them in the movie, but yeah, again,
1: butts! <laughs> It's so weird that they would use this. It kind of makes me wonder, like, did they lose the original version?
0: I think this it's a remnant of what they wanted Disney Plus to originally be was all the family movies. Before they decided to switch it up and just say we're going, because... That was one of the big things. Is Deadpool going to be on this on this service because it's an R rated bloodfest? Is certain movies going to be on? That's why you know uh, certain TV shows and movies were moved over to Hulu because they did not want that certain types of uh, you know certain types of movies on their service. You can't really edit around Deadpool. Can't really get Fred Savage to do a PG cut of Deadpool One. And uh, was it Love Simon, I believe it was, that also got moved originally from Disney Plus to Hulu because it featured a gay character? Yeah. And And now that all changed and all of that got moved back to Disney Plus. So the fact that this is still on Disney Plus in its edited form just confuses me.
1: The thing about it is, though, is that this is really only a thing in the U.S. Because... Mostly around the world, the kind of distinction between, like, well, Hulu has the more adult stuff and Disney Plus has the more family stuff. It's kind of all just Disney Plus for the rest of the world. Yeah. And you get just the full spectrum of stuff Disney owns. It's really only in America that they're making the distinction of like, oh, we have to keep the brand separate, you know?
0: hmm And the thing is, one of my favorite lines in this movie is utterly ruined because of the censorship. Like I said, Elizabeth Shue drops the F-bomb in one of the greatest moments in this movie where she pulls the knife on the gang member. Don't fuck with the lords of hell.
1: Don't fuck with the babysitter.
0: And they make it don't "Don't fool with the lords of hell.
1: Don't fool with the babysitter.
0: And it's like, it's not as intense and it's not as cool. Yeah.
1: It's very bizarre because even watching it in the edited version on Disney Plus you can tell that that's not what it's supposed to be
0: there's a whole scene that no longer makes sense because of the editing because there uh, there was one scene where they're escaping from the criminals and one of the kids say you got to be kidding me watch your mouth watch my mouth you got to be kidding me Because he didn't say kidding in the original cut. You gotta be shitting me. Watch your mouth. Watch my mouth. You gotta be
1: shitting me. Which would
0: make sense that someone, an an older character will tell a younger character to watch their mouth.
1: Yeah. While we're speaking of older characters and younger characters, I've got to say the thing that bugs me the most about this movie. Mm -hmm. Okay, this was not a rewatch for me. I have never seen this movie until today. <clears throat> um, I have no nostalgia for this movie. I honestly, I looked up the wrong movie today. Because I always mix this up with Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Ah. And it took me a second to realize that was not the movie we were watching today, <laughs> um, because I have never seen either of, either of those movies. I mean, so, they
0: both to, they both involve the worst day of a young woman's life.
1: <laughs> the um, but so here's the thing: Elizabeth Shue's character in this movie is supposed to be seventeen. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Older brother of the little girl She's supposed to be babysitting Is supposed to be 15 So he's like two years younger than her But he's got a little crush on her They're both in high school You know, it it makes sense mm-hmm. On paper The only problem is, is I did the math Now the guy playing the brother was probably like 16 or 17 when they filmed this movie. Mm-hmm. When they filmed this movie, Elizabeth Shue was like 23 or 24. She was in college.
0: When this yeah. was-
1: now, here's the other problem, though. Mm-hmm. In the movie, they do not style her character like an 80s teenager. They style her character like, a depressed wine mom. I think that is to
0: play in the fact that she looks like the Playboy model. Same hairstyle, same everything.
1: Well, yeah, okay, which is also creepy. Let's just put that down, because they never really explain that. It's just like, hey, you look like, you know, Miss October or whatever. But... That's never really explained, except that people are like, you look like the playboy model, which I guess was just an excuse for her to show her boobs in the movie. And it not seem super creepy because she's supposed to be 17 in the film. Hmm. Um, So they were like, oh, look, you know, here's our like. 24-year-old actress and she's hot and we want her to show her boobs but she's playing a 17-year-old so that would be creepy so we're gonna come up with this thing where she's looks like a playboy model and we're gonna have her you know pose in that way and be like no 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 it's a totally different character so yeah I don't know what that was about but it was weird and made no sense in this film. However, Mm -hmm. it is such a bizarre thing because it looks like the way they have her styled. First of all, she's like seven or eight years older than every other kid actor, quote unquote, in thing who are all played by age appropriate actors, except for Elizabeth Shue. She is already, like, seven or eight years older than the actors she's supposed to be the same age as, more or less. But then they style her to look older for whatever reason. So she looks like their mom through most of the movie. She looks like she's about 35 or something through most of the movie.
0: It does play into the fact that she does have a bit of an older boyfriend. So I'm guessing that she was trying to, again, character, again, it's never explained in the movie, but my own brain as a youngin watching this movie. Oh, she she's trying to look older because her boyfriend's older
1: than her. I mean, yes. I can see that. But the whole film just plays off as this like. Once again, it's like this crazed wine mom pretending to be a 17-year-old. And it comes off as really creepy.
0: It's not exactly Greece where 40-year-olds are playing teenagers.
1: Yeah, but it does kind of feel that way, because everyone else is a teenager except for her.
0: And she was not the first choice for this movie. Apparently, they, um, uh, Chris Columbus, the director, and we'll get to him in a minute, originally picked this movie to Paramount Pictures, and they wanted Molly Ringwald in this role, which uh, Columbus did not want. So he went over to Disney and was able to bring in Elizabeth Shue.
1: Yeah, I don't know how old Molly Ringwald would have been at the time.
0: I mean, she was still in that Brat Pack phase, so.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and, but she had the ability to look younger, Mm -hmm. Um, whereas Elizabeth Shue in this, like, I kept going, like, how old is she supposed to, I had to look it up, because they don't say until much later in the movie, where they run across the sex worker, who goes, like, yeah, I'm 17 too, you know, like and you're like wait she's supposed to be 17 because her boyfriend is older her and she keeps talking about like I'm too old to babysit and stuff like that you know it's yeah. like she's barely gotten her driver's license you know i was babysitting at like 16 and 17
0: Like, compare Elizabeth Shue in this movie to her in The Karate Kid. At least in Karate Kid, if she was age-appropriate at playing the right character.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, that was like three years before this. Mm -hmm. And and they made her look kind of younger. And a few
0: years from now, she's playing the replacement Jennifer in Bad to the Future 2, which is still supposed to be a high
1: school student. Yeah, I mean... So she was playing high school students almost into her 30s. <laughs> we're kind of used to that in a lot of films. Mm-hmm. Because you, you get around a lot of the... Labor laws. Labor laws for, for kids and stuff, and I get it. But at least most of them try to style... The older actors to look younger but she definitely is not styled like a teen in the 80s you know her clothing and her hair and stuff is, is very much you know
0: also it, her type of music she's very into the 60s pop and jazz uh, blues yeah. Every time she listens to music, it's either sixties doo wop or or the blues, which makes sense. This movie takes place in Chicago. Another reason I love this movie growing up because
1: I grew up in Chicago. I still live in Chicago. So yeah, that was the one thing about watching this movie is it did make me miss Chicago.
0: So yeah, uh, for those of you who 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 may be new to the podcast, uh. That's how, kind of how Kiki and I met. She lived in Chicago for a good while. And then, you know, she had to move. So now she doesn't live in Chicago anymore, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, it, so, was, so, it, was, it was nice seeing seeing the, you know, some of the Chicago, you know. The skyline. Li- yeah, the skyline and landmarks and, and some of that, you know, vibe. Um, but the the thing is, though, is that there the there was some kind of fun stuff in there, you know Chris Columbus throwing in all the Thor things was kind of funny,
0: yeah, so yeah, this is technically the first feature film to to feature the Marvel character Thor. One year after this, we would get the return of the Incredible hope with Bill Bixby, which did feature Thor in that movie. But this came first. So we have our first ever movie Thor, Vincent D'Onofrio. And man, was he jacked back then. He just can't get away from Marvel, can he? No, no, no.
1: I mean, not that anybody would want to get away from Marvel. Why would you?
0: I mean, considering the level of actor that D'Onofrio is now, to know that one of his early acting jobs was a bit part in an 80s teen coming-of-age comedy.
1: I mean, honestly, it's not the goofiest thing we've ever seen him do. True. (laughs) Sugar in water. (laughs) <laughs> the um the the thing is though is that It's really funny that that whole thing is in there because Chris Columbus wanted to write comic books, and then he decided like uh that's too much of a like solitary profession, and I like working with people. So he went into movies instead.
0: And he was up for directing a couple of different comic book movies, and we've we've talked about it. So it's it, yeah, you could tell that this guy really likes comics. Like it's like of all the superheroes you can have a kid be obsessed with is in nineteen in the nineteen eighties. Is it Spider-Man? Is it Batman? Superman? No, Thor. <laughs> This kid is going to be obsessed with the character of Thor.
1: And and it's a girl, too, which I like.
0: Yeah, and, like, it feels like her room is just every prop recycled from Fred Savage's room in The Princess Bride. Yeah. Like, they just have the one prop of 80s kids' toys, and we're just going to use the same 80s kids' toys. Like the seeing like the my pet monster in, in 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 the background of one of the shots of her room is like yeah yeah, this w- this is an eighties kid. I'm wondering who drew the the Thor pictures because in 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 the in the movie it's her and she's very good at it. I'm wondering if they got one of the Marvel uh, artists to do the Thor drawings for the movie.
1: Yeah, I I honestly don't know, but that's that's really cool.
0: Though um considering the movie that came out earlier, <laughs> the movie that came out like a year before this one was Howard the Duck with uh, another batch of the future actor Leah Thompson in that one. So, yeah. <laughs> when your early 80s output is Howard the Duck and Adventures in Babysitting. The original MCU. You
1: know what? I'm for it. <laughs> like I said, this is a
0: movie that I'm so I'm always gonna look at this movie with, with some so, with some nostalgia because I did grow up with this movie, watching it over and over again. And yeah. Well uh, let's kind of get into what this movie is really about. So we have our our we have Elizabeth Shue, Chris. Our babysitter ready to go on her anniversary date with her boyfriend. And she he just dumps her right before the date. Makes up a very obvious BS excuse. Oh, my 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 sister's sick. I have to take care of her tonight. And sorry, can't go on our date. And like the only person who's believing her is Chris. Like the audience, he's so obvious. Like, even me as a kid, is like, he's lying to her. And then right at the next scene is her best friend. He's lying to you. <laughs> Penelope Ann Miller as Brenda, the best friend. Like, Brenda knows what's up. So because she no longer has a date, she takes the job babysitting the kids. And... All hell breaks loose. This woman ends up having the worst night of her life because we get that conversation earlier where Brenda hates her stepmom. and Says that she's going to put Drano in her in her in her in her juice. And then eventually runs away because she can't stand her stepmother. So packing up the kids, taking them downtown. The tire pops on the freeway. The guy who runs the 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 tow truck ends up ha- detouring to his house because his wife is cheating on him, and then they get shot at by the by the tow truck driver. they jump into the 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 guy the the cheater guy's car, which gets carjacked, and and then they end up getting him messed up with a bunch of car car reselling thieves and. Oh, like, 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 this is just one bad experience after another, after another, after another for this girl. On top of watching the, uh, the little girl, Sarah, older brother, Brad, and Brad's best friend, Daryl. Anthony Rapp
1: as Daryl. This is his first, uh, film. Yeah. And that was what surprised me. I didn't expect to see him in this and I wasn't aware that uh he had done anything uh this young cuz I knew him first from rent, of course.
0: Yeah, he's put a pair of glasses on him having singing about how much he hates he hates corporate filmmaking and yeah. <laughs> but yeah, him is a uh, horny teenager that starts this whole thing with the playboy. And, and Brenda's just stressed this to Chris. He's not the best thing you've ever had. He's the only thing you've ever had. The only boyfriend you've ever had. And you're talking about marrying this man. So, you know, you know pull it back a bit. Yeah. Bradley Whitford as Mike, the smarmy boyfriend. Is that just the character he plays? Because every time I see him in a movie, he just plays this smart, swarmy douchebag.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I actually i I kind of like him, but he he does play kind of a a lot of those those kind of roles. So
0: yeah, and like like he has the cool car. He has the two cool license
1: plate and. The interesting thing about that is that was just Bradley Whitford's car <laughs> and his real license plate. <laughs> really? Yeah, for real. That was that was just his car, and they let him just use it in the movie because, like, uh, apparently he like drove it to set or whatever, and they were like okay, this is really just too perfect. And they were like, you want to just use that in the movie? And so that was just his, his real car.
0: <laughs> that's a car a douchebag would drive. You're playing a douchebag. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, and I love how that's like the tip off for them. Cause they're in, when they eventually get the car back and they get into the city and then they see like Oh, and you know, uh, Chris goes. Yeah, we were supposed to go to that restaurant on our anniversary before he canceled. Well, looks like he went without you. <laughs> Could I see his car in the parking lot? And turns out, like, uh, very obvious. Uh, I mean, even I, even though I haven't seen this movie in a few years, I see this movie enough time to know. Okay, the reason he dumped her is because she, as as he says in the movie, her legs are locked at the knees. So it's clearly, he only dated her to bang her, and he's going with another girl that's easy. As they even said, that she's one of the easiest girls in the school.
1: What a douchebag.
0: Yeah. But it's a great moment, because, like, Chris just had this... After having the worst night of her life, she just unloads on him. It's a nice, cathartic moment. But, you know, I, I... you know, go Chris. You you can do better. All the stuff that's happened over this entire movie is just blows up in that one moment. From the sh- no, from the car, from the getting shot at, from the car getting stolen, from then getting chased by the car thieves to the awesome scene in the blues bar, the babysitting blues. Which Elizabeth Shue says is one of the fa- her favorite moments in her career was doing that song. You know, she's not the greatest singer in the world, but it works for the scene.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, they preface it by her going, I can't sing. And then, you know, she kind of just talks her way through most of it.
0: It works. And then she finally gets into the groove and it, it's, a, it's a great scene. She gets to let loose and let all of that out, you know? um, I, I told you this uh before we recorded, but uh the opening scene, the And just and, and then he kissed me scene, was kind of referenced in the Miss Marvel TV show. The after-party scene where Kamala comes Kamala comes back and she starts dancing to a very similar song. So like There's the whole subplot of Brenda running away, being stuck at the train station. Like, she gets into the phone booth, and then there's the homeless man saying, get out of my house. The guy with the gun, the exterminators, like, her glasses get stolen.
1: Yeah, my, my favorite part of her glasses getting stolen is that she's like, "Oh, kitty! And then they're like, that's a horrible sewer rat. And then she's holding the most adorable, clean, fancy rat.
0: It's a white rat.
1: But, like, <laughs> it's it's very specifically, like, a a red-eyed white fancy rat. Mm-hmm. Like, people pay good money for those. And what's so funny is you... I say this as a person who, like tried to snuggle a new york city sewer rat once so yeah i mean i i my death certificate absolutely will say cause of death tried to snuggle something she ought not have snuggled you know
0: i want to pet the murder kitty
1: Yeah, no, I I absolutely will be like, oh, look, it's a rabid bear charging toward me. Let me snuggle it. Yeah, no, that's how I'm going out. And I am perfectly fine with that. I have come to peace with it. But, like, she's standing there holding, like, what is obviously somebody's pet rat. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, we're gonna kill it. It's a, it's a horrible sewer rat. And I'm like, no, that's somebody's like really expensive fancy rat. They couldn't
0: they couldn't dirty it up a little bit for the scene.
1: Yeah, like you could you could have you could have smudged it up a little bit for that, but like, no, that is the cleanest, most well cared for rat, you know? Hmm. And I'm like, oh, it's so cute. I want to snuggle it because obviously it's a trained pet rat. And I'm like, you you could have just, you know, put a little schmutz on it, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But no, it's it's funny because I'm like, obviously, she just found somebody's pet because it's snuggling right up to her and it didn't run away from her. And, you know, didn't like, let her. me tell you, New York City sewer rat did not want to snuggle I never caught that thing, but, you know. It was it was it was it was adorable though, her just snuggling that rat and then being like, "We're going to kill it." She's like, "You're awful people." And like I mean, even if it was a sewer rat, the moment it lets me snuggle it, that that's my pet. <laughs> You're not killing it. I don't care if it's a sewer rat. That thing's coming home with me. We're we're having a good time. I'm building it a cage and taking it to the vet.
0: <laughs> the fact that the Playboy plays such an important role—not just the she looks like the Playboy model, but these car thieves use the Playboy as a notepad for all of their clients. Because apparently, you know,
1: like, do they really think the cops are not going to look at that?
0: Yeah, because they steal cars and then they sell them to other people. That that that's what we see in the, in the beginning. You know, the 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 guy steals cars, they're you know fixing them up, and then they sell them to either dealerships or they sell them to other collectors, whatnot. And they use this Playboy magazine to write down all of their clients. That's why and. That's why they need the Playboy magazine back that they end up stealing, which they only the kids only steal because uh, Brad throws the Playboy out of the window after Daryl starts saying, hey, she looks like the Playboy model. That was my dad's. Then why did you bring it? Yeah. So he only steals the Playboy so he can replace it with the ones he took from his dad. Which in that moment it makes sense, but yeah, using the Playboy as a notepad for all of their clients that are that they're selling the the, the these hawked cars to, and that's why the these people are chasing the kids throughout the entire city because they want that Playboy back because it has all of their clients, and if the cops get it, they're done for.
1: If you don't want anybody looking at your notes for your criminal enterprises, like, I don't know, put the notes in a math textbook or something. Like, you've got a whole bunch of young teens, young adults or whatever going around your criminal enterprise. And you're going to keep all your notes in the Playboy? Like, pre-internet? That's going to be the thing everybody wants? You get what I'm saying? Even the
0: second-in-command said, well, I was borrowing the magazine because there was a very good article I wanted to read. Yeah, right. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean the the point is like put it in something nobody's going to want to look at.
0: Yeah. But I mean it I get it, they needed something to chase the kid for, I guess. It's the only thing that in the movie that kind of doesn't make sense, but they needed to get to A from they needed to get from A to B. They need these criminals chasing them for some reason. I guess you know where our criminal, criminal enterprise is located at it wasn't enough. Like, if it was just, you've seen our establishment, you know where we are because our dumbass driver drove you here.
1: Well, That's- I mean, what was he supposed to do? Leave him there with the guy that was just randomly firing the gun willy-nilly?
0: Fair. And he even says that. What was I supposed to do? Just leave them in, in downtown Chicago, South Side Chicago. I will say, as a lifelong Chicagoan, Chicago is not as violent as they are as they are portrayed in this movie or any movie. But I get it. But from the perspective of of um of Joe, our driver Joe, Calvin Levels plus Joe. Like he he he's not going to let these kids leave these kids alone where they could get hurt, because even though he's a criminal, he's not a bad guy. And then everyone else like, yeah, we would have let you know sc- screw these kids. I'm going to kill these kids.
1: Can we talk about the the kind of inciting incident? Is that she goes to. Try to get her friend who ran away from home for reasons I am unclear on, and then I'm gonna be honest. Did we ever pick that girl up? Whatever happened to that girl? Is she still sitting at the? They pick her up. Uh,
0: eventually, like uh, the last, the last 15 minutes of this movie is the Ferris Bueller ending. And if you've seen Ferris Bueller, you kind of know where I'm coming from. They drive down to the, they get the car, they get away from the, the, the the criminals. They drive down to the bus station, pick her up, and then they race down, down the down the expressway, trying to seeing the, uh, seeing the the kid's parents in the other car blasting down, just to get home.
1: Okay. I'm I'm going to be honest with you. At some point I checked out of this movie and it was about the point where like they somehow ended up at the party with the parents and I don't even know how they ended up at the party with the parents.
0: So, okay, so whatever. <laughs> so what happens is they get the car, all right? They get the car back from from Thor. And they're driving on the way home. Hey, we're 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 on our way. The the kids sees this big toy store, and she wants to go to the toy store even though it's like eleven p.m. at night. They end up going to the restaurant where the boyfriend is at. They have the big the big blow up there. The kid decides to bail on on everyone to go back to the toy store. The criminals catch up to her. They chase her to the, um... Back then it was known as the Associate Center. It is currently known as the Crane Communication Building. I just call it the Diamond Building. Because I pass by it every day.
1: I didn't know it had any other name other than the Diamond Building. <laughs> I never heard anybody else call it anything other than the Diamond Building. Everybody I knew in Chicago just called it that.
0: Yeah. But its official <laughs> name... It was when it was built. It was called the Associate Center. It is currently known as the Crane Communication Building. But yes, the Diamond Building. This is
1: one of those. This is one of those Sears Tower things, isn't it?
0: Exactly. Everyone just calls it like. No one calls it Willis Tower. Everyone calls it Sears Tower. Yeah. So everyone gets called the Diamond Building. So it turns out that the Diamond Building is has is where the office where. Where her parents work, and they're throwing this party for all for clients. And they see the diamond building. She's uh, the kids running away from the criminals. Mom and dad are at the building. I'm going to go there and get protection from mom and dad. Everyone ends up back at the diamond building. And uh, second in command guy chases the girl off, and he she's he's they leave him hanging off. Uh, the windows of one of the buildings on on that slope. They end up knocking out. Um, Joe ends up knocking out his boss, and they get and they get out of there.
1: Can Can I just point out mm-hmm. that is Ron Canada as the second in command? Ron Canada is amazing, and I have been watching him for like all week because I've been doing a Boston legal rewatch and he was uh, one of the judges in there but to but, see him uh, as,
0: see him here as as a young man
1: yeah but i mean uh he he's awesome and he's in everything he's in star trek and tons of other stuff so yeah
0: yeah so he they leave him hanging there they knock out the boss and they're on their way home they go stop they think they remember the friend and they pick her up at the at the bus station to take her home and she has to say, You would not believe the night I've had. I had to deal with people with shotguns, I had to deal with homeless people, I had to deal with exterminators. So what have you got Somebody
1: you? wouldn't sell me a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm kinda with the hot dog dude, because who tries to pay for a hot dog with a check that's not even Like, she tried to, like, sign over a check that was signed over to her that was signed over. Like, I can get paying for a hot dog with a check, maybe, if you just make out the check to the, especially in the 80s. Yeah. But, like, she's like, I'll just sign over the check to you that was signed over to me that was signed over to, like, and I'm like, girl, go to hell. Like, if you could have done that, you would have
0: already gotten on a bus and gotten out of there.
1: Yeah, for real. Like, just sign it over to a random person and be like, "Give, give, give me cash so I can." I mean, that still sounds like a scam, and n- n- only like a really dumb idiot would do it. But like, you know, which is why, which is why she has to check in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Brenda, Brenda, not, not, not smart as cookie. Like I said, she ran away because she couldn't stand her stepmother and got stuck and spent all her money on the cab ride from the suburbs to downtown Chicago when she could have just, you know, taken the train. Yeah, the OGL trains in this movie. Oh, oh, that's a flashback. But, yeah, they pick her up from the bus station, they drive home, uh, everyone upstairs, Brenda, you have to go home, but I don't want to go home. Yeah, well, you have to. I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Brenda just not having a good day. The day ends good for everybody else except Brenda.
1: Well, she kind of brought it on herself.
0: Yeah, I mean, I get it. You, not liking a member of your family is one thing but she seemed to make every single every single wrong decision starting with her running away
1: well the thing is is like okay you know if if she's going to leave at least like have a plan
0: she had no plan it was just get to the bus station get on a bus and go somewhere that's about as far as she thought and she didn't bring enough money
1: yeah like, uh, you know, at least if you're going to do something like that, be smart about it. But uh, let's, let's
0: see. Let's kind of backtrack here because they end up, as part of this whole fo- let's get the car back subplot, they end up at a frat party, which is where the whole Elizabeth Shoe looks like the Playboy Playmate storyline comes to that head where... All the college students are trying to talk to her... Because they believe that she's a Playboy model. Until like the one smart guy says... Would a Playboy playmate... Really be coming... To a frat party with a bunch of kids? Well yeah we thought she would. Because you're... Dorks. They're thinking with the wrong brain. And it's it's weird because again... Chris falls for another older guy. She falls this time for an older college student who tries to guess how old she is. Oh, you know, you can't be a freshman. Are you a sophomore? Actually, I'm a senior in high school. High school. And you think that he was kind of going to go, you know, OK, I'm going to I'm going to back off this. This kid's too young for me. But he. He seems to be into it, this 17-year-old high school student, and he's just quite possibly even older than her other boyfriend was.
1: Yeah. Girl's got issues.
0: She does. I'm just going to say. And then they end up together at the end of the movie. Like I said, I, I still do like this movie. It's just that it's very 80s it's very of its time and some of it doesn't exactly uh age well yeah so anyway yeah that's how the movie ends we the 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 kids make it back be- i mean like like i said it's it's the the last like um the last 10 minutes is just what I would call the Ferris Bueller ending, where the kids are trying to make it home before the parents are. And I say that because Ferris Bueller came out the year before this one did.
1: Honestly, even when critics at the time were talking about this movie, they were like, eh, it's kind of a little bit Ferris Bueller, a little bit risky business, a little bit, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean... I, I think that everybody kind of got that at the time.
0: It, but it's also one of those movies that has its longevity through airings on television. Like I said, if this wasn't one of those movies that was constantly aired on TV when I was a kid, would I have the nostalgia for it? Probably not. I'm going to be real. I probably wouldn't. There There is not a lot of this that... Um, unique that isn't that you could that you don't already see in any other 80s teen movie even you know the 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 ridiculousness of some of the scenarios you know even the end where she's trying to speed through cleaning the house because they never got to clean the house before they left but it does feel like i just want to have that 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 music from Ferris bueller just playing during that end scene and it just fits perfectly
1: Yeah, I think the funniest bit of that last thing is when they're driving by the the parents and they all duck in the car and keep driving down the road. Except
0: Brenda, who's passed out. Yeah. (laughs) Like, how fast do your parents usually drive? 45? We'll go 80. (laughs) But yeah, at the end with uh, the college boy coming by to drop off the the roller skate that the kid left behind and having their big kiss at the end with the and then he kissed me song. Like, it felt like the moment had to be there because this was a teen comedy and they need to have a, a some sort of happy ending between the two characters, I guess. Because they've only known each other for a maximum of half an hour.
1: Yeah. The, it, it's a little too quick.
0: Mm-hmm. But again, for young single age me watching this movie, like it makes sense, and I think that's kind of the point. And then we get a a, a post credit scene. <laughs> I don't know how many people have seen the post credit scene, but it's there as uh, Ron Canada is still on the edge of the diamond building, just hanging around waiting for someone to get him, and that will never come. But yeah, uh, I. Th- Really thought we would have more material for this movie, but yeah, that's that's Adventures in Babysitting, the OG. Uh, Kiki,
1: Magic, yes or no? Uh, no, not for me. I'm sorry. For me, I still
0: have some nostalgic feelings for this movie, and I, I do still have it. It's clearly showed its age over the years. I'm not even going to be bothered by the censoring of the movie. That's not, you know, that's not going to deter my enjoyment of the film. But it's clearly a movie of its time that has not aged perfectly and definitely not something I would show a modern audience these days. Again, I have not seen the 2016 remake, nor do I have any intention of seeing it. But I figure that it's if, if there was going to be a movie that had to be remade for a modern audience, that would probably be it. But uh, I still kind of consider it a bit of an 80s classic, but it's an 80s classic that should stay in the 80s. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's, like I said, this was my first time watching it, and it just... I had a really hard time focusing on this one. It... To me, the the plot, such as it was, was kind of nonsensical, even for a 80s, you know, teen coming of age. A lot of it didn't make a lot of sense in how they threaded it together. You know, th- to me, that it's just, I've seen this done better and for me, this this just wasn't a great example of the genre.
0: Like I said, there's a lot of Ferris Bueller in this movie, and if might as well just watch Ferris Bueller.
1: Yeah, honestly, Ferris Bueller does it better.
0: <laughs> and it's a much and shows a lot more Chicago.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, if you if you want to see a a movie like this that uh, is also set in Chicago and does this better. Ferris Fuller.
0: So, uh, yeah, I think that's all we can say about Adventures in Babysitting. So, uh, let's move on to next week. Kiki, it is once again time to get back into the TARDIS. We are still celebrating 60 years of Doctor Who. Which means we've made it now to the 8th Doctor, Paul McGann. I'm not even going to sugarcoat this. It's a TV movie. We are going to be watching the Doctor Who TV movie that Disney might own because that was on Fox. Yeah, it's
1: it's a bit of a gray area.
0: So come back for Doctor Who, the TV movie with Paul McGann and uh, Eric Roberts as the master. And uh, we will talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye. Don't let the magic stop here. Join our conversation online on Facebook at Rewatching The Magic, Twitter
1: at Rewatch The
0: Magic, and of course, new episodes every week at Rewatching The Magic. dot com.
1: Remember, the magic is for everyone. It only stops if you let it.
0: podcasts are fun.
1: But there's work to be done.
0: We encourage you to get involved. Here are some organizations we support.
1: The American Civil Liberties Union fights for the constitutional rights of all Americans. Find them at ACLU.org.
0: The National Network of Abortion Funds helps people find access to safe abortion services. Their site is abortionfunds.org.
1: The Trevor Project provides a 24-7 crisis helpline for LGBTQ youth and education services for schools on LGBTQ issues. They can be found at thetrevorproject.org.
0: Or find a way to help in your area. Is that Uh, good or do you want to do a third round?
1: I think we can do do, do that and you can piece it together from the two.
0: All right, that sounds good. Let's, let's stop the recording.